following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Do not panic, ladies and gentlemen. The casuals have taken control of the airways. This is Casually Hardcore, live on alphageekradio.com. For Thursday, the 3rd of March, yeah, even with an extra day in February, it's already March 2016. This is Casually Hardcore, and I am Gnome Wise. I am Dexa. And I'm Grail. Welcome to a new month. Holy crap. Where does the time go? It's going fast. Poof. Yeah, it, it, it just disappears over the event horizon and is gone. Gone, baby, gone. My love is gone. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, violent Femmes moment. Just, yeah, yeah, please. Uh-huh. Ah. Well, today was kind of hectic. How are you guys doing? Exhausted. <laughs> ah, pretty good. What has you wiped out, Daxa? Nothing. I'm just training to go back to work, so I've been, you know, working doubly hard at the gym and doing lots of walking. And oh, Jim! I, I got on the treadmill today. It's the it, it's the end of days. <laughs> Was it like? Who are you? <laughs> I was kind of worried. I'm like, she's like, uh, if I don't like lubricated this thing recently, is it going like, to fall apart? And uh, how do you treadmill? <laughs> <laughs> My treadmill is in our garage, and garage in Arizona is not necessarily the most ideal place for, for a sure. piece of mechanical equipment. So I busted out the lubricating kit, and I had the lubricating sponge for the deck, and couldn't find the oil, so it remains unlubed. Oh, I was not practicing. I was not practicing safe treadmills. What I'm rough. saying. Rough. Yeah, I, 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 the rough trade. Yes. Yeah, um, you left that treadmill raw. That's not good. I got what I needed. <laughs> I got mine. <sighs> Clean yourself up, treadmill. <laughs> oh, God. Jesus Christ! Man, we went dark fast. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap! Did you ever see that uh, robot chicken it in, with but... the uh, Snuggles bear? Yes. yes. <laughs> He's like, no, this is wrong. Clean the no. dryer sheet. Clean yourself up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So soft. Oh. Uh, uh, oh, God. Yeah, that's wrong on so many levels. <laughs> that one killed me. Uh, I mean, outside of Star Wars, that's probably the one I laughed the hardest at for all yeah. of robot chicken. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, my, oh, my God. He's crying. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I love you too. Right. <laughs> oh my God. <sighs> Thank you, and- Seth Green. We love you so much. Because <laughs> you are the man. Uh, so, yes, welcome to uh, another episode of Casually Hardcore Live on Alpha Greater. And yet again, we're getting kind of good at this. Mm-hmm. Zilla oh, slap this together in just a, f- a few minutes. Alpha Geek video. So, you are forced to gaze upon my visage. And I didn't have time to, like, de shine my face or like comb comb the fro or anything so yep. you're, uh you're welcome is what i'm trying to say i think I see. what love thyself 
I was already in my jammies until Grail was like, hey, we're doing a show tonight. I'm like, oh, dang. (laughs) I'm the one who's supposed to have a hard time remembering that it's Thursday. You guys are supposed to keep me honest. Hold up your end of the deal. We normally have. I just, I was really busy today. I haven't stopped since like 10 o'clock this morning, so. Yep. Well, even with cropping, you were you were right sexy in jammies. That's <laughs> all I have to say. Uh, she threw her dress back on. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I threw my dress back on. I was going to say, you sleep in very formal jammies. Um, <laughs> yes. They are very formal. Does someone like announce you as you enter the bedroom? The lady <laughs> Daxa and her consort. We should do a show in jammies. <laughs> Sleepover like, show. Hot chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're on the cusp of Arch Nemesis doing her first sleepover. Ooh. And she keeps having sleepover us interrupt us. Oh. Because last Friday, her friend caught the flu, which is rampaging through the school system. Yeah, no kidding. And she's all hyped up about going tomorrow, and we got the text from her friend's mom. She's better. Her sister has it now. Oh, no. (laughs) It's been pushed back another week into spring break. Hopefully she'll be able to get her her fix of sleepover, 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 sleepover. She is just this walking caricature of the five-year-old waiting for her first sleepover. It is so freaking adorable. That's crazy. And it wouldn't be bad unless she didn't know it was so damn adorable. (laughs) But she does. She so clearly knows when she hams it up. And she literally bats her eyelashes at me. Who taught her that? (laughs) Nobody. It's in your damn DNA. She learned it from you, Dad. (laughs) She learned it from you. You bet your eyelashes all the time at me, Todd. Only at you, Daxa. Only at you. And my wife. But anyway, welcome to uh, our little corner of nerdosity. And as is usual, the uh, alphageek.reddit.com and the internet in general has coughed up wonderful gems of geeky goodness for us to talk about. And what I've been kind of watching with cautious optimism and interest, um, as we approach the 50th anniversary of the original... Star Trek television series. Now, cast your mind back to when Doctor Who was going through this same transition, its 50th anniversary, Mm -hmm. and I was really very happy with what BBC was able to create as far as their celebratory special episode, Um, despite the fact that, you know... They couldn't get cooperation from one of the major actors. Chris Chris Eccleston was like, "Well, I'm out. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going back there." So they retooled the episode. It was still completely fun and good. It was you know, nothing earth shattering, but they they did a bunch of fun stuff and just just you walked away with a warm for for a long time fan of Doctor Who. It was all kinds of warm fuzzies and, and memories of the whole multi decade arc of the existence of the franchise. And I'm kind of watching. Paramount and CBS and watching the whole bunch of nothing they apparently have been doing to prepare to celebrate the 50th adventure of adventure. I'm doing well. 50th anniversary, though adventure fits, um, 50th anniversary of Star Trek. And the one thing they have announced is they are kind of, sort of bringing it back to television-ish. So there will be a new Star Trek 
episodic series that will premiere, its pilot episode will play on CBS television, and then will immediately go to on-demand on the internet via app only Mm. to be the flagship uh, property for the CBS Now app. So they're leveraging the Star Trek fandom to try and drive subscription sales for the pay CBS app, which pisses me off. Yeah. So out of the gate, I was not feeling very good about the whole enterprise. No pun intended. (laughs) I'm here till Thursday. Try the veal. Tip your wait staff. But... Since the initial announcement of, yes, it's coming to TV for one episode, then you got to pony up and watch it on the app, um, they've been begun announcing the production team that is going to be behind this series. And it's kind of a greatest hits of all the people who have done good things with the Star Trek franchise to date. Um, so they have hired... Alex Kurtzman and Brian Fuller as executive producers. Now, when you ask a Star Trek fan, what's your favorite Star Trek movie? It's usually a toss-up between Wrath of Khan and First Contact, depending on if they're a hardcore... um, Really? If, if, if someone is only a Next Generation fan, you're likely to get uh, okay. First Contact. Yeah. If they're a full Star Trek fan, full series, or full your franchise fan, you're more likely to get... Um, Con. Con. Con! Yeah. Con! Uh, wow. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, Wrath of Con, obviously, is super classic. I actually always was a big fan of Undiscovered con- Country. There are pieces of Undiscovered Country that I just love to death. Yeah. Um, but taken as a whole, I, I have a hard time holding it up as a beacon. Uh, certainly. Oh, no. I, I don't it, think. It's probably my third favorite after um, First Contact. Yeah, I don't think any Star Trek movie I would hold up as here. This is why you should watch Star Trek, except unless it was somebody who's like brand new to the series, then I would probably hold up the Abrams. And say this is where you should start because it's, it's the other the stuff iteration. Yeah, it just has too much baggage with the other stuff. I think to really jump in fresh to it, and you're you're just stuck with the tropes of the '70s and '80s. Unfortunately, yeah. a lot of those. Yeah, um, but they have also acquired um, Rod Roddenberry. Yes, Rod. Rod. Rod Roddenberry, who will also be executive producing, which you would think on the surface is kind of, oh, well, they just did that for the name, you know, the passing of the torch. Um, and so you look at some of the the documentary that Rod Roddenberry did about his dad. Yeah. Um, was a very interesting, well-told story about him coming to grips in his adulthood in his childhood he kind of rebelled against star trek since it was such a dominant part of his dad's life and refused to get into it and then only late in his dad's life and after his death did he really 
understand the cultural movement that was attached to Trek and, and became a convert and a really kind of a, a, a someone who was proselytizing about the greatness of Star Trek. So he's not only there for the name, he's also, hey, let's keep this to the vision, let's make this great. Um, he, he has a, a, an investment in the quality of whatever they come up with for this new TV series. So that's actually kind of a, a, a score to get him on board saying his stamp of uh, um, approval. And the reason I was talking about Wrath of Khan, the, the first big one they mentioned was Nicholas Meyer joining the creative team. He was the writer um, behind Star Trek Through the Wrath of Khan. Um, oh, okay. And he is, so he has joined the writing staff for this whole new series. I think the only bigger one they could score to get me more excited if they get Ron Moore on board with this thing, I would just wet myself. Uh, but that's fairly unlikely because he, he and the Star Trek uh, machine did not part on the greatest of terms. Um, then but, you can loop your treadmill, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why I mean, why I, do I, I raid with you people? My my biggest worry about this is is the Abrams movies though has really changed the tone of Star Trek. It really has, yes. yeah, quite a bit. And I'm curious if they're going to try to keep that ty- style of presentation, or if they're going to try to go back to Roddenberry's original vision, which was this was all about exploration and mm-hmm. peace and, and, and the human, phasers human. stay on stun, right? You know. That type of stuff. And it's not even clear. They have not definitively said which universe this series is going to be set in. Right. Though there, there, there have been heavy rumors and hinting that it, it's a continuation of the prime Next Generation timeline. Hmm. Um, but nothing official. Hmm. Um, so, But again, even if it is set in the prime next generation timeline, what tone they strike is a huge question mark. Sure. Um, so we've got a ways to, you know, to wait before we start seeing, but it's apparently out of development hell and is now becoming a thing. And the names that they're dropping as far as who they're getting on the creative team make me hopeful that there's, there's a great chance this is, that this will be decent quality television. Or AppaVision, or whatever we want to call it. Well, and hopefully, them moving it to the app will give them a little more leeway. I'm curious to see how far they take that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Do they stick to a you know a PG rating for as if it were on TV, or do they maybe flex their muscles a bit, or do the occasional very special episode where they can throw up the uh, this episode is intended for mature Drop audiences only. Exactly. <laughs> F you Klingons. Exactly. We're blowing your asses out of the sky. Uh, I don't know. I, actually, what I'm really curious to see is if, because normally on TV shows, especially on network television shows, they tend to be more focused on the individual episodes than doing arcs. Right. Uh, so yeah. I'm curious to see if this allows them to do a little bit broader storytelling or you know grand storytelling compared I mean, they, to having to do the planet of the week. Well, they've yeah. totally proven their ability to do that with Deep Space Nine. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Um, you know the last but Deep, Deep Stage Nine, season, as I recall, was not on like 
one of the three or four major networks. That was on a, a lesser network. I don't I remember at all how that worked out at the time. It was in the weird. It was during the the lead run up to the Universal Paramount Network, mm-hmm. which is what they they premiered Voyager on. Mm-hmm. So I did not watch uh, United Paramount, whatever U- UPN, uh, which no longer exists. Deep Space Nine was like two. I would say seasons of just bleh. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, oh my God, they basically found out that they were probably going to get canceled. So they just said, F it. We're going started, for it. Started doing all these crazy stories that were like really interesting and very intricate. And mm-hmm. it became really, really good. Huh. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see what they do. If, if it, it was kind of like suffering through the first season of Babylon 5. Oh, God. So in this case, oh. it was two seasons, as I recall. Well, it's weird because <laughs> recent, very recently, in the last week or two, Iolite and I, uh, Iolite just kind of threw Netflix episodes. What's your favorite episode of uh, Next Generation? And she's just kind of gone on a, a Next Generation thing. Hmm. And we did Best of Both Worlds, parts one and two, which was the yeah. Picard captured by the Borg. Yep. Yeah. And then yeah. immediately went into the next episode called Family. Which was, for me, the very first time they stretched their legs a little bit and went with a larger story arc where they had the big season finale, season opener, and then the very next episode was all about the consequences to the character Picard and him dealing, and not necessarily dealing very well with having been completely assimilated and controlled and used and unable to resist being controlled by the Borg. Right. And it was a great emotionally involving episode where, whoa, that's, I'm not used to, they're actually referring to events that have happened before and it has changed this character. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that pissed me off and annoyed me about Next Generation and unfortunately with the movies they got right back to it and I've kvetched about it on this very show many times, is the enormous red reset button they would press at the end of every episode. Mm-hmm. Status quo. And everyone would go back to the way they were, and you can, you know, more than 80% of the episodes from Next Generation, you can watch in any order. <laughs> yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. You, you, as long as you know who the basic characters are, what happened before, and if it's not a two-parter or a season finale or you know, season opener pair, you watch them in any order, and they're all totally self-contained, and the characters yeah. don't change. Yep. Yep, that's true. And for what it is, it's, it's okay. It's nice. It's tidy, cutesy storytelling. But I'd rather watch you know, Fringe any day. Sure than something that is just a carbon copy, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. Yeah. Well, I mean, and but remember, I mean, this was a show that was on in the like late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. And, uh, and, and there was no Sopranos yet at that time or, you know, the, the what iterations that came after it, The Wire, uh, Breaking right. Bad, where it actually became long sweeping arcs long, like back long then form storytelling uh, unless yeah. you were a soap opera that was it that was it yeah <laughs> i mean every other show in that era that i so can think of it, it is kind of an interesting study to go back and, and use, use star trek as a you know in next generation here's little bits where they went with larger storytelling to introduce the borg mm-hmm. and the borg come back as big bad and then much lo- used to much greater extent later in 
DS9, you know, last three seasons were arguably one big freaking story. Right. Um, Voyager, they had the trope of, well, we're trapped in the Delta Quadrant, so of course it's one big story about how we get home. But they really, to a much larger extent, got back to these self-contained stories. But, and this is where Ron Moore was deeply involved in a lot of Voyager, the characters did change and did develop it. And at least from a season-by-season standpoint, it does matter what order you watch things in. Yeah, because I mean, the characters are are vastly different, some more than others. Poor. The poor. problem with Voyager was the fact that I didn't watch him in any order. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, so I think yeah. I think it's it is it's the whipping boy of of the Star Trek universe. I think it's it's better than most of us make. I go back to it and I and I watch it, and again, it suffers from the same. Got a slog through the first couple seasons. Yeah, uh, but they really do. I mean, it, it ran for you know seven seasons. And and the last, you know, four were pretty consistent and good. They had some great Borg story arcs. They really fleshed out the Borg mythos. Um, And they weren't... I mean, they they did a very interesting long-distance tie-in with the events in DS9. Right. Where the resistance fighters, the Maquis, were basically annihilated at one point. And half of the crew, basically, in... Uh, Voyager were members of the Maquis and they had several episodes, some fairly significant episodes where they were dealing with the fact that all my friends are dead and the cause that I was champion, championing has been crushed and what does that talk to Spock. <laughs> what does that do to a person? Spock in the new, yes, the new version yeah um, So it, and it was, but it was again events off screen in this case in another freaking series Sure. Affected the characters greatly. It's like, ah, see, I'm I'm more likely to tune in for that kind of okay. Show me characters. Show me people dealing with shit, and um, you know, make me care about them. And yeah, it just. I mean, I think it didn't the biggest to me at all, though, for some reason. Yeah, the problem with Boy, it just hit me at a time where I really just didn't care about Star Star Trek at all. Yeah. At, like, the, I at was the time it was out, I could not have cared less. This is all yeah. of my all of my affection for Voyager is a much Game more later. recent development. Yeah, it's and the same thing. Even Enterprise only held me for a little bit of the first season. Yeah, I just Enterprise lost me and then never got me back. And yeah, and I really, same. honestly, don't know that I care about a new Star Trek episode, you know, TV show right now. I'll need to see. Yeah, you know, they'll have to do something pretty interesting and uh, you know get uh, obviously a great cast and yep. show me some trailers, uh, show me some, some sort of set writing. photos, show me uh, some, some indication of where you're going. With it. Yeah. yeah. And and again, these announcements, these preliminary announcements, okay, cautiously optimistic. But speaking of trailers, right. nice segue into the next bit. But but um, tip your weight, Steph. Um, the first full trailer for the reboot of Ghostbusters launched earlier today. And you got to kind of when you're watching this, remind yourself that it has been clearly announced that this is a reboot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you didn't know this was a reboot, the trailer plays like it's a sequel. Right. Yes, it does. Because they literally in with 30 years ago, a exactly. team of scientists saved New York from you know supernatural disaster. Today, a new team is coming to do the same thing. And it really, are we sure this is a reboot? Yep. Because uh, basically, and then from that point forward, it's all 
Ghostbusters all over again with all women and better effects. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and it looks adequate. Yeah. Looks funny. It could I didn't be funny. really laugh out loud, but I, I grinned at, the, at a few points. Um, they've added the wrinkle of possession to this one. Right. Which it looks like they're going to use to differentiate themselves some so the, the ghosts are actually getting into our heroines and, and controlling them. Yeah. Um, ectoplasm was featured front and center oh, uh, yeah. at the very get-go. So they have basically a new riff on the librarian scene from the yeah. original Ghostbusters ending yeah. in the Spectre vomiting uh, slime all over uh, one of our lead characters. Yeah. But it looks like Ghostbusters again. Yep. Yeah. I wish it was a continuation. Yeah, me too. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, it is what it is. So yeah. it's, uh, but yeah, the director and the cast, uh, you know, I have faith in what they've done in the past. So I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Looks I, like it'll, it could be, you know, a lot of fun. Part of me is very glad that it's not a dramatic reimagining. Oh, God. <laughs> this time, they're all dogs. And the ghosts, yeah, the ghosts are uh, cats. Yeah, yeah. So we're taking an exciting new direction. Um, you no, know, no, at, I would at, do it like hardcore ghosts, like, you know. You, Bill Murray's head 34. just gets chopped off Rule or 34. <laughs> right no, off oh, bat. different kind of hardcore. Sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Um, well, that's yeah. They did have that Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> or you scene. could do hardcore ghosts. They're all naked. Sure, why yeah. not? I, you bet. You gotta know that it exists out there somewhere. Oh, of course. If it exists, <laughs> there is porn of it. Uh, no exceptions. I'm sure. Um, Ghostbusters a nut. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Come here, Slimer. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and there's one of the things you do gather from the from the trailers. Slimer does make a, a reappearance. Yes. Of course. Uh, of course. It has to. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. It's, it's all right. It's, 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 it's a thing. That's it's a, a thing. thing. It's a, a place thing. with the guy. Uh, you know, there's, there's, I, I guarantee you this. There's going to be a lot worse movies out. Absolutely. <laughs> so there have been before. There, there shall yep. be again. Yeah. So I, I, I guarantee this will not be the worst reboot of a no. film beloved from the 80s. Well, let's see. I mean, I mean, what have we had any truly horrifying reboots yet? I haven't seen some of them, so I can't speak for certain. But I would say the reboot of Conan was pretty goddamn horrifying. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I have I refuse to watch the reboot of Total Recall. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, really, I'm 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 on the, uh, RoboCop. RoboCop. I don't know. I haven't. I mean. RoboCop is a weird one. Like they could maybe do that one all right because well, the first one was so weird. It was a, uh, it was a Paul uh, Verhoeven, Verhoeven film, which is always its own beast at that point. Well, Verhoeven so. is always weird. very heavy-handed. The guy gets melted in acid. Yeah. <laughs> it was just it was well, just a really, strange movie. Over well, it was the strange, top but it was different than weird. Verhoeven. Oh yeah, films, it was very over the top. When you look at um, Starship Troopers, oh, yeah. you look at. RoboCop, they're yeah. all very heavy social commentary. Sure, sure. And RoboCop 
was a massive satire on rampant consumerism. I'd buy that for a dollar. Dollar. The 3000 SUX. Um, and that was a big through line on the whole film was this tongue-in-cheek Delta City and corporations will make your life better. And you know, money is the only reason to exist. And we're going to crush all opposition with our new robotic cop. Honestly, looking at the state of Detroit, it may have been a documentary. This is indeed what we find. <laughs> or, or a projected documentary. Life imitating point. art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, All I mean, that aside, I've watched about maybe a little more than a quarter of the new Robocop when it came up on streaming. Okay. And it's basically, they approach the subject matter completely seriously. Oh, wow. Oh. All right. They stripped away all the satire all the social commentary, all the tongue-in-cheek, mm. and it's, they attempted to kind of do a study of what would this do to the guy. Oh, With a little salting of evil corporation in there. Sure. Basically, because they were not satisfied with his performance, because they basically said, okay, we've got a head, we got some lungs, a um, little bit of stomach, and they have a, a really cool effect scene where basically they have... Him suspended with a clear plexiglass body with his lungs going at it, diaphragm going. And oh, him, wow. Him seeing himself in the mirror for the first time, and that's all he's got going on. He completely freaks out. Very huh. very Lee Majors in the, in the premiere of Six Million yeah. Dollar Man mm-hmm. freaking out about being a cyborg. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. And, yeah, I might have to watch that, though. Yeah. And then, but cool. then they, they give him his, his robo body and his robo reflexes, yeah. and they're not satisfied with his performance ah. against... Just the robots, and this the whole thing is a PR campaign for the company because mm-hmm. people are freaked out about autonomous robots. So their answer is, "Oh, well, we'll do the human, human robot, human guy." And, and so you got a human brain driving this. You have nothing to be afraid of, people. But then he's still a human, and he still hesitates, and he still doesn't have the automatic killer instinct. So they tinker with his software a little bit. And without him even knowing it, they're basically saying, we're going to let the CPU make the decision first and then retroactively feed the feedback to his brain to make him think he made the choice. That's cool. Which is kind of creepy and freaky if you consider it. Nice. Um, So from that aspect, it's a very different study of what would you do with this tech. And I've not watched all the way through. I don't know if it goes off the rails. I watched it up to the point where they start screwing with his head and turning him into... Basically, the they want him to be just like the robots, but right. sell him as a human. Um, but it's so I'm not sure if it's, it's definitely does you know borrows the, the the barest premise from its predecessor, yeah. and yeah. then goes a very different place with it, which hmm. uh, I think is what you want from a reboot. Looking at you, Star Trek 2009. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. You do so. definitely want it to. You want it to remain true to the core beliefs and the core. Yeah, but I think you have to pick but the right franchise as well. True, right. some things are worthy of rebooting. Yeah, or just yes. worthy of rebooting at a particular time. Yeah, and uh, you just have to. Yeah, I think you really have to think about. You know, if this movie is a beloved movie, maybe that's when you go with continuation instead of well. Reboot. Witness the upcoming Blade Runner sequel. Right. Exactly. Right. Yes. We'll see, and we'll see what we get there. That could be a horrible problem as well. We'll see. 
Um, so, but as long at as least, there's no crescent ships for people to get lost in, yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> that's another. Uh, that's a reboot I'm looking forward to. Inter- interestingly, uh, Logan's Run. Oh yeah, because the new version is claiming to go much more closely to the storyline from the book, mm. and the '70s movie just just went immediately out, out into left field. Right. Um, right. And like mashed bits of two of the novels together to make its own narrative, right. but was you know, Sanctuary was on planet, not off planet, and all kinds of weird changes. And um, so we'll see what we get from that reboot. Because uh, are you rebooting something to make it closer to the really high quality source material? I'm more likely to get on board with that. Absolutely. Um, the eventual sure. and unavoidable reboot of the Lord of the Rings uh, with the female Gandalf um, <laughs> and the uh, metrosexual Gimli maybe will be a harder sell for me. We'll see. But you know it's going to happen because somebody thinks it'll make a buck. <sighs> Moving right along. Yeah. Um, so I've been playing the hell out of Diablo 3 lately, so this, this story hit close to home for me. Um, Diablo 2 uh, had the famous cow level. Right. Right. Um, that even, you, had, you could even get the cow king's uh, chess piece in World of Warcraft as a nod to that as well. Yeah. Um, and one of the running jokes in the loading screens for Diablo 3 is there is no cow level. Right. right. Um, and if you play long enough and run Nephilim Rifts long enough, you will discover there is, in fact, a cow level. Yeah. There is a cow level. <laughs> yep. Where all the mobs are replaced by uh, bovines and their bovine-themed bosses. Similarly, there's also times where all the mobs will be replaced by cuddly bears, basically teddy bears. Oh. Um, and um, rainbow-farting unicorns. Nice. Without awesome. exaggeration. Awesome. There's a whole... Uh, zone you can portal into called Whimsyshire, and there's another one called Whimsydale, mm-hmm. which is all sunshine kittens, uh, ponies, unicorns, teddy bears, and rainbows, which was a response to fans bitching at the early alpha and beta releases of Diablo 3 being too colorful and too bright, not dark enough. It was supposed to be gothic, man. What? Yeah, there were there was a BlizzCon I went to that. Oh, yeah, the entire dev their team initial screenshots were like really bright. Seemed bright in comparison to Same. Diablo two. Yeah, and the dev teams were there with their Diablo two T shirts on, and it was the Diablo two logo done in like bubbly uh, yeah. cloud text <laughs> and a rainbow theme and clouds everywhere, and so they made sure to put little jabs in there as well. But the cow level in its new form totally exists. Um, the for March only there is a special cow level um, in honor of a member of the dev team who passed away from a rare form of cancer um, right. and they'd already put honorifics to him in the game in the form of Kenai's Cube which is the new uh, Herodric Cube um, named for uh, what was his full name his last name was Kenai Kevin. Kevin Kanai. Um, and they also had uh, named a king from the mythos after him. 
And during the month of March, which was Kevin's birth month, if you go seek out this uh, king character on a particular map, he will the ruins of Sesheron, he will open the portal to a cow level for you. Uh, just as a, a, a nod and a memoriam of uh, a beloved yeah. member of the team who passed. So if you're a Diablo 3 player, go go uh, find the undead king in the ruins of Sesheron up in the northwest corner of the, of the map. I know it randomly generates, but they always kind of stick him up there and hang out with him and follow him into the portal and enjoy your cow level. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, good. I, I, would, I would not... Uh, object to being memorialized in such a way no no, no that's really that's cool really that's nice. a good good idea for for that i know other game companies have also had similar uh members of their team pass away and they they get them in the game some way that's that's a good memorial it is yeah, yeah. so um, seek it out i, mean, I certainly yeah. am I, I read this time oh gotta gotta run diablo 3 and, and get into the <laughs> and get my butt into the cow level because because cow level cow level uh, yeah. Getting beat up by cows. Yeah. No, I, I, I dominate. I, I smite. I don't think so. <laughs> I own those cows. No, you don't. They have no idea. You don't. Give me your milk. So from, <laughs> from the Daily Mail, a very mm. respected British tabloid. Uh, yeah. Or, or possibly not. Um, Probably comes, came to somebody's cell phone. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, comes a very interesting uh, article title. Yeah. Chinese father hires virtual hitman to kill, air quotes, son in online games so he will get a job. Father paid better awesome. players to hunt the son's avatar. He hoped his unemployed son would then get bored and find work. <laughs> I <laughs> suppose this happen. was inevitable. Um, but seeing it here in print <laughs> makes me go, really, humanity? Really? This is what we've come to? Um, a Chinese man concerned about his unemployed son's gaming addiction hired online hitman to kill his avatar. The man named Mr. Fong blames his 23-year-old son's love for online role-playing games for his unemployment and found a radical way to get him into gear. Yeah, <sighs> yeah that that sounds like failure written all over it. Yeah, you think? <laughs> Come on. I mean, they, the, the, there is a very different culture in Asia with uh, gaming cafes and sure. people who literally will just be, be homeless and live out of these gaming cafes for periods of time. Uh, I just have a hard time relating to this because at my worst and most addicted to World of Warcraft or similar games and EverQuest before it, mm-hmm. um, it never... You never went, I don't want to go to work. I'm just going to stay and play games all day. Who needs money? Maybe once. My kids don't need food. <laughs> Maybe once. But it never became a regular thing that this was the norm where I'm doing this instead of real life. It may have been then a decent percentage of real life for a period sure. of time, but then it would go away. No one ever needed to take out a virtual hit on my avatar <laughs> just to get me the hell back to reality. So it's just, I have... I have a hard time believing it, that, uh, but these are people, and people take crap to extremes, so I guess in the population the size of the planet, there's going to be outliers, and the Daily Mail is going to find them and make clickbait headlines out of them because that is what they do. Sure. No, I mean, it, it makes sense, um, but 
Yeah, I, I, obviously this doesn't work. It says at the end that the father and son have made up, but there's no... Uh, it's not no clear insight. whether or not he found work. So, <laughs> who knows? Sure, I don't no, know. No, he's taking up crafting. and you know. <laughs> <laughs> He's making virtual money and selling things for real yeah, money. Yeah, you would hope you so. Go. Sheesh. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I don't... I don't, at the time in my life where I would have spent that much time or probably did spend that much time, it was because I was able to play at the place I worked. Yeah, so, that helps. Oh, yeah, you, you did have that. Yeah. I, so, I mean, that, but that was good. It, it fed that need, you know, that desire for me. But if I hadn't had that, I would obviously uh, not have just been like, ah, I'm not going to work today. I got a game. And then do the same thing the next day and such. It's like, come on. I don't want to work. I just want to grind on the mobs all day. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, guys, so guys, not a good solution. No. Probably, probably better to hire a guy to just, you know, but hey, bar, got, bar got, his son from going to a gaming, gaming cafe or kidnap him. It, it got him some clicks for dailymail.co.uk. So sure. happy ending. Hey. Uh, you guys are fans of the television edition of Game of Thrones, are you not? Sure. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I've, I've never... I'm, I'm just waiting for the Great Bearded Glacier to finish the damn books. Nope, I'm done waiting. At which point I will read them all the way through and... But I'm, I'm just waiting for it to pull a Zelazny on me. That son of a bitch is going to wake up dead one day. Yep. And I'm not getting my final books. Well, <laughs> then the HBO series will be the canon. And someone will tell me the spoilers and I won't care anymore. Yeah. One of the, um, on iZombie, <laughs> there's an episode oh, yeah. on iZombie where they're, you know, what, someone gives um, a love interest of the cop, to, gives them a little hint on how to get him really upset. And so during the episode, they go, so um, what's George R. R. Martin doing right now? <laughs> And he's like, not writing. <laughs> he gets all really pissed <laughs> off. So, yeah. Even other shows are making fun of Martin. Right, yeah. George, right like the wind. George R. R. Martin is not our bitch. Yeah, but come on. No, he's not. But he's, he's also kind of lost control because HBO is plowing ahead. Yep. So. so This is true. Well, they're plowing, plowing ahead with his story. He's still writing. Yeah, but... Um, but, well, no, as far as I've read now, they know the ending they need to get to. Right. But they have full leeway to get there however they want to get there. And right. this, Part this of the is now he's not doing deviating. books. He is doing, he is doing episodes fairly regularly. Yeah. Well, not that I've seen. Yeah. Everything I've read is that this season now we start deviating from where the books would actually go. Or how they would get there. He, yeah. he set yeah. the endpoints for them. He set the end, yes, the very did, end, yeah. the final end point. So I mean, that's and really, I'm gonna watch that. So it's if he keeps dragging his feet, yeah. yeah. Like why, why are we why even read bother the reading the books? Don't know. I don't know. He better it's make it bad. worth my while. But in Sorry. in the area of Game of Thrones and spoilers, uh, HBO is taking things a very different direction. They are not giving out press copies yeah. of yeah. any of the season six episodes. So no preview copies, no review copies. It airs when it airs, and everybody sees it at the same time. No spoilers. Because it yeah. leaked out last time. Like it's Leaked like a colander yeah. every season. Uh, once it struck popularity, you couldn't keep a lid on anything. Right. Because clickbait. And you know, so if they have a hot, hot 
you know, story about Jon Snow's, you know, left testicle, then they're going to run with it. Yeah. Because clickbait. And the man is, you know, hung like a, what? Uh, How a would God you tree? know? I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's... It's you know that's fine. They're they're gonna hold on to it. That's hey, doesn't no uh, skin off my nose. Yeah, so nope. and well, we'll honestly, see. this is like HBO right now. This is their big series. Yes, There's not much left on the network at the moment that can rival this in terms of popularity. Which is a challenge for them because they've kind of recently thrown the gauntlet down, saying we're coming for you, Netflix. Sure. And they've put stuff into early production to start trying to rival Netflix at their original content. Yeah. Which is a weird ebb and flow for them because for a while there, they were a powerhouse oh, yeah. of uh, really high quality content that they would routinely cancel too soon. So looking at you, HBO? Ro- yeah, oh yeah. Uh, nah, I would disagree with that. I think Carnival. They- Rome. Yeah, Carnival was a was a sad Carnival one. Carnival was lose. really cool. I, I but I mean, it, it they, needed another season for closure. Um, I mean, uh, you're talking about the network. I mean, honestly, True Blood I think went on a little too long. Yes, for sure. Um, oh my god, they could have axed that not way the earlier. Name of the evil one. Game of Thrones, Sopranos, uh, uh, Six Feet Under, The Wire. But they, uh, and the issue is they don't have anything like that in production other than Game of Thrones right now. No, I know. I'm just saying they've. But in the past, they have proven right. that if they hit an episode or a, a series, they that will run with catches it. fire. They run with they it. They run with it. Yeah. And they have, um, they have stuff like last week tonight with John Oliver. Oh yeah, you know, no, there's good like stuff. That. The uh, uh, Silicon Valley is hilarious. Yep. I love that Silicon show, Valley. but it's it's not exactly at the same level of Game of Thrones in terms of uh, popularity. They're really. I think they, they have to drive their, their whole new approach because they're making the break with the cable companies right now. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So we got HBO Go and HBO Now. Yeah. Yep. Basically says, just buy it straight from us for 15 bucks a month with HBO Now. Right, right. Yes. Play it on your devices. And... No, they just need to find, find new things. And they, they put a lot of... They banked a lot on that series vinyl that they just started because right. it was co-produced by Scorsese and right. Mick Jagger. But it's just, for me personally, not a thing that I'm interested yeah. in. It looks like a story I, I can kind of already predict where it's going to go. There's been some interesting speculation that some of the terms that they may have struck with the cable companies when they decided to make HBO Now was that it would not exceed a certain subscriber base during a certain period of time. And that is the explanation for this gap in their production schedule of really high-quality stuff that would drive subscriptions. And now we're seeing this sudden ramp-up of new stuff they're announcing because that is expiring. And oh, I hope they're, so. they're truly leaving the cable companies in the dust. Yeah. In which case, more for us. Yeah. More embarrassment they, of choice for us. They've proven they can do really good things. Yeah. So um, I hope they get back... To where it's yeah, it's more than just two or three shows that I'm interested in on their network. So the moral of this story is: expect fewer spoilers or fewer reliable spoilers this year, right? Right. Than Which is years. awesome. I mean, yeah, it's why, really good. I'm, I would not want my show spoiled. Well, I plus, I mean, it. this year also for the now you can't be now spoiled can't by be people spoiled that have uh, books. yeah that yeah. have read the books. Yep. Because so, that's, that's going to reverse reverse the polarity of the neutron flow, and it'll be the TV people spoiling the book people. Uh-huh. Yeah, suck it, book people. That's right. Book people. <laughs> Weird. Nah, book lame. People. Lame segue into the next bit. Um, 
this last week. Uh, Book people. <laughs> Uncle Steve, Stephen King, via Twitter, yeah. right. yep. has confirmed that the film adaptation of the Dark Tower series mm-hmm. is once again a go uh, with Matthew McConaughey and Idris Elba both attached uh, in what capacities, not totally clear yet, but it is he basically stated unequivocally it is moving forward and there is actual talent attached and it's looking like it's going to be a thing. Yeah. This is a hell of an undertaking to adapt. Have you guys read the Dark Tower series? No, actually, it's one of the very few that I did not read. I've read through Wizard and Glass. So you've seen the degree to which he is all over the freaking map from book to book to book. Yeah, yeah. They're like the first three are pretty. Well, the first one's kind of a standalone. It's a, it's a novella, basically. But then the next one and the one after that are pretty close to each other. Like, at least the story is pretty coherent. And then Wizard and Glass is like an entire flashback. Yeah. So it becomes really. That's kind of where it lost me a little bit. Um, try it on that, audio. I recommend Audible, the Audible versions. Yeah, because I think the next one is like The Wolves of Kala. Wolves of the Kala. But you can also. Yeah. He has since gone and written a book that goes between Wizard and Glass and Wizard oh, of the Kala okay. that you can either read chronologically or come back and read later. It's, it's just, it's another flashback novel, right. which is why he was so, e- it was easy for him to, to, to insert it. Um, right. But, yeah, I'll be very interested in seeing how they adapt this, this monster. Um, and for a while there, Ron Howard was attached. Yeah. And had this interesting idea, which I, I wish had come to fruition, because the the world is ripe for this kind of thing, as as Disney Marvel has has proven to a limited extent, where it would be major motion picture, couple of years of television series continuing the story, another major motion picture, rinse repeat until the story is done, and that would give them the big canvas they would need to tell this huge story. And still have these tentpole big motion pictures to make money for the studio, so they could. And I'm assuming they would they would have written it such that you could just go to the movies and still get the through line and still be able to. And then so basically, here's big movies to service the general public, and here's television series as fan service, basically telling you the deep story that you all right. remember from the books. That has all since been scrapped, and this is a, another iteration of the attempt to bring it to the screen. Um, we'll see. Yeah, it's a it's a tough one. Yeah, it's um, oof, it's huge. There, uh, I mean, and I haven't even read the entire series, and I can tell you, it's it's going to be it's a lot of in your head stuff that's happening, yep. or in the characters' heads. Uh, it's interesting, though, that they call the man in black that he, they say in there that he goes by many names, but mostly Walter Paddock or Walter O'Dim. Mm-hmm. I always knew him as Randall Flagg. So I don't know if that's just the names that he was using later in the books or, or what. He introduced that crossover aspect later. Okay. He really, really started to blend his universes together. Yeah. Well, it was in... It was either in the book three or four where they first make mention of the fact that, oh, by the way, this is actually Randall Flagg, who's been my big bad in quite a few other books. On the travel to, during Wizard and Glass, they start basically passing through dimensions. Yeah. Um, 
and they have the they come across the world that had the super flu and right right um, the walking man randall flag right yeah um and they kind of drew the parallel that hey this could be the man in black and then if you do proceed and go with wolves of the kala you right. get your first fully involved speaking part character lifted directly from salem's lot oh okay yeah. Um, who is a participating character in the storyline and was transported to this world from the world of Salem's Lot, clearly oh, okay. and unambiguously. Oh, cool. Um, and, yeah, oof, I just haven't done enough opium in my life to really follow him. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, and that's, that's part of the challenge here is the, how the Dark Tower series came to be it was an over 30-year span from when he was a very young, inexperienced writer dropping in, you know, sometimes many years would pass between installments and he would drop back into the universe and then go away again, drop back in. And his skill as a storyteller and what he was just deciding to do as a storyteller changed vastly over these years. Sure. So he went from the novella of just the Man in Black... Um, Fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed. You know, the original. Right. And you had all these tantalizing hints about what that world was like and this semi uh, supernatural gunslinger guy who could just take down a whole town of demon possessed people with just a pair of six shooters. And oh, hey, and there's also. Um, I forget the name of like Northwest Positronic, I forget. There's, oh, hey, there, there, it's, it's the post. Technological fallen civilization, Fallout Three going on here, and 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 there's some. So we've got oh, we're hitting all the all the bits. We got supernatural. We yeah. got post-apocalyptic technology. Uh, we've got the semi-supernatural, really interesting gunslinger. So uh, and this really tantalizing. The, the I loved the um, accents and the language. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, Sai. Um, just and ate it all up. And so that was your starting point where he just gave you, here's a huge taste of the framework I'm going for. And then drawing of the three, we're going through dimensional portals into modern or, you know, modern or recently modern United States of America, basically. What? Uh, okay. Um, it took it a very different, but it, but it maintained a lot of the, the fun stuff that it was originally in the original story. Um, and then it just goes lots of wacky places from there. And he gets deeply interwoven with all of other Stephen King's works. And spoiler alert, he writes himself into the story. Sure. Like Stephen King, the author of the Dark Tower series, during his life while writing the Dark Tower is a character in the Dark Tower series. Not the first writer to do yeah, that. That happens. Like you do. <laughs> um, and it's, I'm not sure how that's going to play out on the movie screen or if they're even going to try and go there. Well, or he we, had a bit part in an episode of Sons of Anarchy, so he's, really? he's got acting chops. Yeah, he mm-hmm. was their uh, cleaner for one episode, or he came in and... Oh, no, he turns up in, in televised stuff every once in a while. He's, yep. he's routinely entertaining. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Creep show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was yeah. classic. Um, yeah. I've seen yeah, see him turn up here, here and there. 
in some of his other stuff. He does the uh, Alfred Hitchcock thing where he tries to have a, a little bit part right. in, in each of his adaptations. Um, Stanley. <laughs> Stan! 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 Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. I, I, I am... I'm... This could be awesome. This could be this could be Matrix Revolutions. Um, we'll see. Yeah, and I, I I'm I'm only a recent you know I'm, I'm a Johnny come lately to this series. You know okay. I, I I only picked it up after it was finished. So I was ah. not one of the warriors who read it in the seventies when it first came out and soldiered on, waiting for that son of a bitch to write a new novel and finally got to the end. Um, I waited for it to be done, <laughs> and then, right. I did suffer through, however, uh, for the wind through the keyhole, which is the one he went back and wrote, and is chronologically between Wizard and Glass and Wolves of the Kala. Uh-huh. Uh, the audible version features the author reading his own work. Ah, oh. now there All are right. times, looking at you, Douglas Adams, dearly departed where having the author read his original work is a fantastic and sensational thing, and the author brings exactly what he intended to put on the page to the performance. And then there's wind through the keyhole. <laughs> okay. Stephen King should not do audiobooks. <laughs> okay. I love the man. I love his work. And you can really hear and feel what he's going for. And if he had done them all, it, had, it would be no problem. Right. The problem is the people they got to do the other books in the series. Were fantastic, weren't they? Spectacularly yeah. awesome. Yeah. And yep. there's a jarring transition where the original reader nearly died in a motorcycle accident, so could not continue. Uh, so you had an adjustment period where you had to get used to the new guy, but you, he really did as good a job once you got used to just his his performance. And Stephen King is not these professional voice actors who are good at creating characters and and giving characters voice. Good at stuff. So I slogged through it to get the story, but it was was semi-painful at parts. And Stephen, I know you're listening and love you. Don't do that again. <laughs> and, and I think it was really, I can actually tell you with certainty, it was the contrast that did it because I did the audiobook version of Bag of Bones, also read by him, where I had no investments before I had done Dark Tower series. I had no problem with it whatsoever. It was just a stark contrast with the awesome quality of those who had come before that made him pale yeah. by comparison. So that makes sense. We'll keep an eye on that one. That was is, is yet years off. May return to development hell, um, but it's actually I'm, I'm actually really surprised this one is is showing movement. It just hmm. it's, it, but it's the same people people looked at Lord of the Rings and said this is unadaptable. This yeah. cannot be made into a film. And Jackson that's because of all the singing. <laughs> yeah, which they neatly avoided. Yep. Exactly. So it's it's possible to do and still get the essence of the story. Absolutely. But we'll right. see what you, happens. And then you get some cash and you go the opposite direction. You take yeah. something simple and you barf it onto the screen in three movies and call it <laughs> The Hobbit. Hey! Yeah. <sighs> Mad Max. Yeah. Fury Road. Such a 
fantastically visual flick. I so did not expect this. I was so glad I got to go out and see it in the theater, which is a rare occurrence for me these days. And it took me right back to Road Warrior in like 30 seconds. Um, and I loved that the, the that Miller just dropped you back in the universe and didn't handhold you. And yeah. didn't say, now yeah. we'll have the five-minute set piece where we reintroduce you to the rules of the world. No, it was just go. And you're like, yep. yes, I am yeah. back in the Mad Max universe. And awesome, great for, you know, nerdy fan of the original Road Warrior. Didn't expect it to clean up at the Oscars, but it totally did. Well, I'd never seen the original Road Warrior, and I thought it was stunning visually. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah. it was a. I, I knew there was no way it was ever going to be even nominated for anything that had to do with writing because their story was ridiculous. It got nominated for Best Screenplay. I don't know why. It got I nominated. think they threw it in there as like, man, it's nominated for everything else. Why not? It got not? nominated right. for Best Picture. But, yeah. But the um, well, I can see the best picture because yeah, best, best picture. picture doesn't necessarily mean writing; it just means the best thing to watch, best total and, effect, right? And I don't know if I yeah, mean, absolutely. like I said, I can't remember a movie where I could not take my eyes off of it. And like when I first saw it, we were in a the theater, and I like really had to go to the bathroom. Yeah, I didn't want to leave. I could not leave. Does anybody like, have an empty super gulp cup? Because I need to pee, yeah, and I ain't leaving. It was horrible from the, beginning to end. It just kept your attention. Yeah. The the costumes were amazing. The the set design was yeah. great. The and visuals, everything, everything visual visually about it was, was amazing. But yeah, the story was really yeah. Really there's a lot bad. of holes in the story if you start po- looking at it, going like, uh, yeah. I don't know, this would. And really Charlie Theron played a. Oh, amazing. she was great. She was yeah, like great. I, I, I think yeah, the actors were really good too, yeah. and it was a very strong female lead role too, or co-lead role. Uh, so it it had a lot going for it, but yeah, visually, I think I was talking to Dax about this the other night. It's like you look at the other films nominated, like The Revenant. Uh-huh. Um, I forget what else had like some of like the the visual cinematography nominations. But they look great, but they look like things I've seen before. Right, this is Mad whole Max was other stuff world. that was never, never seen, seen before. before. <laughs> Even the Star Wars things that got nominated, it's still Star Wars. It still looked like. Star Wars just with much better effects. Yeah. Mad Max was like, oh my god! I mean, the the scene of them driving into the dust storm was like, yeah. what a lovely day! Yeah, and I mean, the car going up and like just everything was done so. And they made really interesting use of the fast camera shots where they yes. would like come in on things. And that was and, straight and, out of. I mean, that was that was yeah. using the same techniques from Road Warrior, right? But it was just it was done in a very unique way that, like, I, I could see why the Academy gave it so much love, especially in anything in the vi- that involved visuals. Yeah, technical and and yeah. it, it, and it sound. Their costumes. sounds were yep. amazing yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, one for sound, one for costumes. Sound editing, yeah. I believe. Yep. Yep, sound yeah. editing, sound mixing, film editing. Hair and and I agree with all of that. I think every award it won, I 100% agree with. That they did really well. Um, and if they had given it Best Picture, I would I would have understood why they, it got Best Picture. If they gave it Best Screenplay, I'd be like, eh, I don't know. That's, that's a bit of a you got to have dialogue for there to be a screenplay. <laughs> right, right. And a real story. That do not, story, yeah, do not a become more. addicted to water. Yeah, we're uh, gonna throw water at everything and everybody. Yeah, but there isn't any anywhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No. Don't, don't. It just makes no don't sense. Don't drink too much water. Uh, or I just love the fact that it's like we have full, my you know, amps with 
like yeah. we're ready to rock, but we can't build, you know, a walkie-talkie. Well, <laughs> and fuel was like, oh my god, fuel was like gold, and they're yeah, they were they're wasting it just on yeah. some guy playing a guitar. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So it, the story, little silly. I, but I, I understand why the, the whole. I forgot what they, the name the character was, Gimp or something. The Doof Warrior. The Doof, 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 Doof. Thank you. Um, was you, I devoured? I got the super deluxe version on iTunes and mm-hmm. got all the bonus <laughs> materials and just plowed through it. And Miller's like, "No, this is from a long history of the drums of war." Right. Mm-hmm. This is I, this is yeah. absolutely. They would have drummers in the background yeah. riling up the troops with a percussive. Theme. Yeah, I, mean, I get that. You even have that in like those, you know, uh, Revolutionary War. You got the drummer boys and the flute. Dude. Well, that, that was just communicating that. too. But you know what? Huh? Wind to blow a flute was not a resource that was coveted, and neither well, were sticks to beat a drum. I, I'm not as <laughs> as worried about the 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 Doof Warrior shooting the flames out of his guitar because I look at it. It was a Mortland Joe basically saying, "Look, I'm the boss." I'm so badass, I can afford to have my dude shoot gas because that's how badass I am. Right. So I got that piece of it. I just more had pieces with some of the, the, they were like, we're super technology advanced in one area. And then, but like, well, why don't you have some other things then? <laughs> why are you eating lizards? Yes. Yeah. Um, it just, there was, there was a few things that were a little like disjointed in that regard. But I didn't care because it was just one gigantic truck car chase the yeah, entire yeah. movie. I mean, it kept unashamedly, my we bought yeah. the, we bought the. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's we bought the movie because it was great. Right, I loved it. So it was, it was, it was really movie. good. And I think Daxa took a while to come around oh. to really liking it. I mean, I took a while to come around to liking, to getting over the story. The story, all yeah. the holes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So once I just stopped thinking about the holes and just looked at it from a a pretty right. perspective, it was a pretty movie and yeah. Charlie Theron was a really good actress in this yeah. movie. Yeah. All of them. I mean, I liked job. her. I really li- I liked his uh the role of Tom Hardy Tom in it. I think he did a great job with the dialogue and and actions he was given. Yes. So, I mean, could have done more maybe, but I but I then it would have been a did. different story. And I love the the kid from uh the, you know, X-Men First Class and Oh, uh, the Warboy. Uh, the war boy. War boy, Nox. yes. Knox. I forget it. Or Knox. Yeah. Knox, yeah. Yeah, he was great too. Nicholas so, I mean, the great actors. Holt. I mean, it was really, you know, and the, uh, obviously the guy who played in Mortland Joe was, was fun because he was just like, ah. I'm well, all the bosses be. I thought were yeah. very well, it's, interesting <laughs> bosses. <laughs> the guy who played Emmert and Joe was actually. Yeah, I in, know. He was from the original. original the actor Max. was in the original Mad Max, played Toe Cutter, but stomp. small. But it's, still. It's, yeah. it's Australia. No, I mean, he was good. Like uh, his one son was awesome, the huge dude. And uh, uh, the, the guy was the crazy guy from Bullet Town was also pretty funny. Yes. Brother, brother Heckler and Brother Koch. <laughs> yep. Uh, so. no, they really they fleshed out the whole the gas town, Bullet Town. Yeah. They really Food town, apparently. Water town, <laughs> whatever. Uh, yeah. Was, so they, they, as a single movie, got the... You know, with six Oscar wins, got the most yeah. number of, of uh, awards for a single movie. So, yeah, good on you, Mr. Miller. Yeah, yeah it was it was a good showing. Yeah, I mean, mostly because I I really hadn't seen a lot of the other movies nominated. I mean, I've I've heard of them and I heard they were really good, but I hadn't gotten around to watching. Yeah, many of the other movies. So, oh my gosh, not enough hours in the day. 
yeah. I'm going to see something that's going to be something like Star Wars or Deadpool or exactly. uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Because well, we got through The Martian the other night, we and did, that was and it really was good. Really good. That, we really we bought that one. We didn't get to see that in theaters. We got it on iTunes, and I've watched yeah. it like 17 times now. Yeah. It's great, really great funny. It's a good movie. Heard the book is really good too. So. Yeah. F you, Mars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Space, Space pirate. pirate. <laughs> he wants Captain us to Blonde call him Beard. Captain Blondebeard. Yeah. Well, technically, well, he's he's in. And yes, yes, he told us. He explained, he explained it. it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. It was a good, good. That was movie. really good. I so. loved the nerd moment where they just spelled out, "Here's the kind of person that NASA and JPL attracts." Where they had the, if this is a secret council, if this is the, if this is Project Elrond, I demand my code name to be oh, Glor- yeah. Glorfindel. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and the one non-nerd so there's like, I hate all of you so much yeah. right now. <laughs> and this, the icing on the cake of. Sean freaking Bean. Bean is there. Is there explaining what the explaining what the Council of Elrond was? That was classic. <laughs> so you were there. I was half expecting, like, at the end of the movie, like a monitor to just fall on his head and kill him. <laughs> <laughs> How, well, I mean, he, his job did not survive the film. So That's true. Yeah, yeah. technically, part of him died. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can can definitely recommend the Marsh. It, it didn't win much of anything. It kind of got snubbed. Um, but I, I know. I, except for in the money department, because we gave it all of our cash. Um, but I mean, some of the other movies they it, they have piqued my interest since I watched the Academy Awards, yeah. and we did watch Inside Out too. That was Inside fun. Out is a ton of fun. I it's have, so cute. I have a five year old daughter. Of course, we own Inside Out. So that was really cute. You know, I mean, and I'd like to watch some of the other ones. It's, they're just so heavy. Like. All the subjects. Spotlight. Let's talk about child oh. abuse, shall we? In the Roman Catholic Church. One's child abuse. The other one was, you know, being a transgender man during the like an era where that was not that, that will get you all. killed. Um, and then the other one was uh, being having a lesbian lover again in an era that could get you killed. I mean, yep. these these are some heavy subjects they were tackling here. Uh huh. Which is usually that's usually referred to as Oscar bait. Um, or, or, hey, you could get savaged by a bear, too. Or you could get mauled by a bear. Although I did like I did like when they substituted all the black people in for the um, different movies. Yeah. And they had some... They had some. They good, let Chris Rock off the leash. They had Whoopi in there, and Whoopi kicked some butt. Yep. <laughs> I love Whoopi. That was good. So, Whoopi's yeah, the, the Oscars totally happened, and we cherry-picked the stuff we care about, because, hey, it's our show. Right. Exactly. Uh-huh. Speaking of shows, we have the two uh, comic book-based shows that we're following this season, Arrow, yeah. the green guy, and Flash, the red guy. Mm-hmm. So we have our two weeks out of sequence, and they're kind of they're on uh, a break this week, I believe. So we get yeah, yes. they're on a break till the twenty-third and twenty-second. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be a while. Um, and re- reversing that, uh, Agent Carter just wrapped up, and we're getting new Agents of Shield with uh, yeah next week. Next week, yep. television version of Hive. Uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll see what Ward turns into now. He's not. He's not evil. Guy. He's evil. Dead guy possessed by evil or thing. Evil. 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 Evil upon evil with some evil, evil cubed. Evil sauce. Yeah. Uh, an evil deodorant and evil undies. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Arrow. Code mm-hmm. of silence. So we have the fallout from the uh, going all Vader on Malcolm. Um, yep. Yeah. Luke, I have your wrist. Um, yeah, pretty much. So, Malcolm Hardcore joins up with uh, the Hive crowd. Um, 
and we, we we saw him throwing his hat in the ring at the end of the last episode where he says, "Go after Oliver Queen's son." Dun dun dun. Yeah. Um, this one featured one of, and and they've done this several times across Arrow and Flash, to utilize some of the villain teams. Yeah. So you had the rogues from the Flash end of things. Um, the rogues gallery or whatever they refer to them as. And this is the demolition team, which is the demolition team themed team of villains that demolish villain. They're demolished buildings. Right. They're experts at blowing up buildings, but apparently to be that type of expert, you have to then use construction tools as your primary weapons. Right. Because you couldn't use any. Because you're also assassin. So, yeah, I mean. And they really, they tried to have it look like, well, I just have this to hand. So I'm going to grab this sledgehammer and fight with it because it was handy. I'm going to grab this nail gun because. Yeah, it, it worked good in the first scene. And then they but kept then, coming back with them. Then later she was carrying it. Yeah, exactly. then you get to the end. Wait, she has a holster. Right. Oh. Yeah, then you're like, wait a second. That wasn't just stuff they had around them. That's actually what they use. Oh, uh, that's silly. That was bad. They should I not. mean, couldn't it have been like a special type of nail gun? It's just a regular nail gun. There's nothing special. No special bullets. They don't freeze. They don't burn. They don't do anything. No. But nail you to a wall. Right. So this was this is a very formulaic episode where they just kind of advance yeah. the Damien Dark wants to stop Oliver from becoming mayor for his own mysterious reasons. Phase right. five uh, of whatever their evil phase based plan is. Right. Um, so basically, the demolition team is there to try first to kill Detective Lance, and then later to destroy the building where Oliver is going to be participating in a mayoral debate. Right. And, of course, our heroes thwart their plans both times um, and basically pisses off Dark even more. So he needs to up his game. And we see Dark getting pressure from the mysterious other members of his cartel or whatever the hell it is. Right. Um, you're Mr. Dark. You're not delivering on your promises. And we realize that he's not necessarily the one dude in command of everything. He's at Yeah, the, but he's still like totally Vader to guys. So yeah. It's like, he yeah. He's still the badass amongst the badasses. Yeah. But, he is, but he is susceptible to pressure from other powerful sure. people around him. Sure. Um, and so, of course, we near the end of the episode, we have the, well, then, if I can't blow you up, I'm going to go get your son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he falls. We end this episode with okay. He's got William at his house playing with his daughter. Uh, like, just everything's sunshine and kittens. Your mother said you're going to stay with us for a while, William. Hey, uh, we have little bits of flashbacks to the island, which are really uninteresting to me. Um, yeah, they're starting to get annoying. Actually. Yeah, it's just there's not much going on on the island. Super, and- super natural. MacGuffin thing, what what military dude apparently is in pursuit of. Yeah. It's just taking way It's just, yeah, it's been a very slow developing story, but I mean. It was a cool story early early on, but now it's like. Now it's John John Constantine in it. How how could it be bad? Well, it was good back then. He was in there. And And just now it's like, just find it already. Whatever (laughs) the hell this thing is. Oh, my God. 
Uh, so, I mean, he kills the one annoying bearded guy, and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, Conklin, Mr. Mr. Lumberjack, uh, hipster beard dude. Uh, So, you know, this was definitely, it was after the previous episode where at least you had the resolution of Mm -hmm. the uh, League of Assassins, you had everything going on there. This episode was kind of like, ugh, this is just a filler. As soon as I saw the demolition team, I was like, yeah, like nothing interesting really happens in it. Nope. Demolition Team was from an era in comic books where they had speech bubbles on the cover of the comic book. Yeah. Usually saying something really, fear me for I am, in a different font, Thanos. Um, <laughs> and yeah, just. It's, you know, it's, it's a weird thing. This season in general on Arrow, it seems like they're struggling a little between their, for what their tone should be. Yeah, well, they, they're trying to be they, less dark, and yet they've really committed yeah. to the dark thing. So, what else are you going to be? Yeah, it's like they're they're trying to be kind of more wacky, but it just feels out of place because they're still keeping a lot of dark stuff in there. And it's like they have a character eh. named Dark. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you should stick to what you're just good at. Just stick with they're what good you're good at. at. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know the formula: kick the shit out of Oliver for an entire season, pretty much. Have him barely win, but then not really win because something really bad happens at the end to him. Yeah. Oh, Furies of Calderon. That's what okay. I'm here for. Yeah, yeah Grill exactly. and I were Grill and I were saying he was uh, the Dresden. Yeah, it's the it's a, yeah. it's the butcher formula. Oh, Let's totally the butcher formula. Go with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're still waiting to see who is actually in in the ground and whose gravestone they were mourning at the beginning of yeah, the it, it, yeah. The potentials the are anyone who's not Felicity or, or Oliver, Oliver at this point or Barry. Yes. <laughs> That's the only Those three the people we in, know in the flash forward. that are still around. So it could so, be William. Right. It could be... It could be a lot of people. But we have Jackie. one more episode. No. Next week we'll talk about that's their finale-ish, I guess. Their break, is, or it'll yeah. be two break. away. Yeah, their before break. their break. So... So over, we'll, the, we'll, over to the red guy who's over in a parallel yeah. universe. Yeah. Uh, this is the second of their two-parter over yeah. in Earth 2 called, uh, interestingly enough, Escape from Earth 2. All right. Um, I like this episode. Yeah. It had some nice wham moments in it. Yep. It's wham. 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 <laughs> Where they earned the exclamation point. <sighs> now I'm picturing George Michael. Uh, <laughs> should be picturing Deadpool. Choose life. Uh, so, <laughs> when we left Barry, he had been captured yes. by Zoom. Um, who, I, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, he's totally voiced by the guy who was Candyman, right? Yeah, it definitely sounds yeah, like it could be maybe. him. I mean, it just it sounds, it has to be him. Yeah. Um, and... There's tropey trope stuff in here of we've got the doppelganger of Caitlyn, and if we can just reach the good Caitlyn inside Killer Frost, we know for sure, without any doubt, we can turn her to our cause because all Caitlyn's, regardless of their experiences in their timeline, are identical. Yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't like that either. I didn't like that piece, but I really liked the way she played Killer Frost. So yeah, yes. I, I was like okay it. with her being on screen more. Way more interesting than Caitlyn. Oh, yes. a million times Caitlin more interesting. Caitlin is starting to bug me. So it was, I mean, but yeah, it was a little tropey to be like, oh, no, you're really good underneath. Like, uh, no. Not really. <laughs> but whatever. So we have the A story, the B story again. A yeah. story in Earth 2, B story all about Caitlin and Jay on Earth 1. Right. Developing the velocity serum. Mm-hmm. 
right? Mm-hmm. And we get it up to velocity nine by the end of the episode. Yeah. And she's effectively perfected it. Yeah. Where Pretty not much. only does not degenerate his system, actually basically makes him like Barry and gives him regenerative properties. Right. And mm-hmm. starts bringing him back from the edge and giving him his deliberately drug-like high of a speed fix. Yeah. And you begin to see the, oh, Jay's a speed freak in the sense of he's addicted to the speed force. Right. And that's what led him down this road of losing his speed in that the drug he was taking to get his speed fix started killing him. Right. And Caitlin took all the downsides away and let him be a drug addict again. Go, Caitlin! Oh, yeah, he also gets to... Uh, it's, save it's, the day and kill rock dude. It's prescription drugs. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's now scripts. That's right. It's it's oxycontin, not oxycodone. Okay. Yeah. Um, which, as a total tangent, chemistry is awesome. <laughs> okay. I had a today I learned moment a couple of weeks ago where the prescription drug addiction problem, which the creators of oxy. Uh, Content created by encouraging doctors to prescribe this heavy narcotic that they knew was being abused heavily. They came back and created a reformulation of the drug. Because what people were doing with it is for rapid absorption, they would crush up the pills and snort them. Mm -hmm. So go right through the mucous membrane and you would get your high off of the drug immediately. Right. The new formulations of it, when you take them orally and leave the pill intact, retain their chemical effectiveness and it still acts on the body like a narcotic and has the pain-killing effect that you desire. If you disturb the physical makeup of the pill by crushing it, Mm -hmm. it changes it chemically into something that no longer works when you snort it. Who figured that out? That's freaking sorcery right there. Someone that knew explains a, a wizard, lot. A wizard figured it out. Why you're not getting high off snooping your pills anymore? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Today you learn. Uh, <sighs> so that, that total tangent, fascinating to me. Chemists, you guys are freaking awesome. Um, so coming back to the red guy. Um, so, yeah. Right. We yeah. have the whole interplay in the prison, of Zo- the prison that Zoom built. Right. Mm-hmm. With... Dr. Angry Pants' daughter. Yes. Mystery Man in the Iron Mask. Tap, mm-hmm. tap, tappy. Who is not mysterious at all if you look at his costume closely. Not mysterious at, at all. all. He's wearing a freaking costume we've seen before. Right. Mm-hmm. People. And Barry in the right. speed-proof cage that Zoom, just to show what a badass he is, can vibrate himself awesome. right through. Right. And the other speedster can't get his head around it. Well, he proceeds to vibrate through because Barry antagonizes him. Right. Comes in, other Barry. beats the crap out of Barry. Right. And then he vibrates out, and then Barry's like, oh, wow, oh, he just showed me that. something I can do. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And then, and then and so, he totally fails to do it. Yeah, then he fails miserably until, you know, they told him, believe in yourself in the heart other of the Barry. cards. Yes. Yeah. Other Barry so, needs to give him that little yeah. unicorn kissy kissy. I'm a complete wussy, but I made it up this gigantic, you know, like pillar of ice that somehow I climbed in dress shoes. Yes, <laughs> with, with, with leather treads. 
Yeah. Right. So not sure how that worked, but nonetheless, they got up there and when rescuing him, they, they talked him through vibrating through it. So Barry believe did his in yourself. first we believe intangibility. In you. If you uh, believe in fairies, clap your hands. Yeah, yeah, but the whole time the masked figure was tapping, and then they finally figured out what the tapping had to do with, and they managed to spell out J, and hey. then the guy got really pissed off. Yeah. So yeah. And said, "Stop talking to them." Yeah, and then yeah, then Zoom show, showed up and said, "You know, shut your mouth." Yep. They basically were tap. able to divide. He was mouth. talking about Jay Garrick, and then right. Zoom was there, angry and beat the snot out of Barry. But also, the guy got really angry, you know, mad when he was saying that Jay was. You know, through the portal. Right, Jake like, Garrix, he's on Earth One. Yeah. Yeah. So, what anyways, part but, of multiverse do you stupid SOBs not understand? I know. So, anyways, but they managed to break out and then they go back through the portal at the last moment. Mm-hmm. And then the idiot, the most stupid thing, thing in the world occurs. You turn your back <laughs> on the portal. He walks first. He walks over to the portal. <laughs> yeah. Jay, we're talking them, about Jay Garrett here. Jay Garrett. At, as they come out, they say Zoom is coming. Yep, I'm going to go stand and in front of the portal. Then I'm going to go stand in the portal because we won, guys. Like, really, dude, you so deserve a hand through the chest, right? Oh, there. hey, there it is. Yeah. So, yeah. Zoom. So, so yeah, Jay throws the football of of, of greater ceiling into the portal. Yeah. Unlike all the other portals, this one does not seal instantaneously because no. it, it's the big one, right? Um, or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, we have the our friends on Earth one side rebuilding the speed cannon just in the nick of time. Right. Um, after you know spending time developing Velocity Nine so they can defeat Geomancer, the least threatening villain of all time ever. Ever. Freaking goggles. <laughs> anyway, and of course. Jay is sucked back into Earth 2 and the portal closes. The universes are sealed. Dr. Angry Pants has chosen to hide out on our Earth with yeah. daughter Angry Dress and they have their holy shit moment and Caitlin's like, this keeps happening to me. I yes. gotta get over another death for six months. Oh my gosh. The last the fact that the so actor long. they set me up with originally just appeared months. on Earth 2. Um, yeah. But they killed him immediately because he's on another show now. And uh, and of course they end with the wasn't that much of a surprise to me. Were you guys surprised? No, no. The reveal of Zoom's face being one of three Jay Garricks standing in that room when he pulled his mask yep. off. Well, two were standing. Yeah, two were standing. <laughs> yeah, one one was was a bit of a lump. Uh, was pretty much dead. At least that's what you're you're led to believe. But yeah, he takes his fa- mask off and he goes, "Huh, this is a complication." <laughs> like, wasn't expecting that. Like that's that's not good. <laughs> so we don't know is this Jay Garrick at various points along his timeline, right? Uh, various points of his addiction to the Speed Force because we planted the seeds of that with Velocity Nine. Right, and so is is this Jay? You know, totally advanced with his obsession with speed for the longest time, or is he a Jay Garrick from another universe? With the fact that right. there's the number of him, I'm going. I'm going with multiverse here, because um, oh. that's what DC does. But we'll oh. see where they go with it. It could be. It yeah, would be it could cool be if way. it was the same one, though. That would be really awesome. And they could. Yeah. Totally, and they, they've established that because they had the the bottle episode earlier, the return of the Reverse Flash. Right. Where we got to see Aobard Thawne 
earlier in his timeline where yeah. we actually accidentally encouraged him to come back in the previous season and do what he did. Right, right. And well, they, about, here's here's they, the immut- immutability of the timeline. You you got good. You know, you can try to kill him, but you're not going to be able to because he's he's been through here and this has already happened and this is. So can you change time in this universe, or can you not? Because uh, nobody has actually... Actually, no, in the one episode, Barry did change time. Barry did, yeah. And in the, yeah. In the two episodes, actually, the, the Legends of Tomorrow setup, um, he did. He, I guess the, the real question then would be, though, if if that's the case, and this is him earlier or later in his time, I guess, yeah, it depends where it happens, because it can't be earlier in Zoom's timeline, because he just killed himself, so he wouldn't exist anymore. As they proved with uh, Eddie and the whole, you know, phasing out of existence. But if it's later in his timeline, you think you go, oh, wait a second. I probably shouldn't stand by that portal because I'm about to stick my hand through somebody and kill myself. I'm going to stab myself. (laughs) Yeah. Like it just uh, so I'm going to bank on multiverse as well. And again, we are heavily betting at this point that the man in the iron mask is another Jay. Jay Garrett. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They they could fake us out. This could be... Somebody else, sure. Uh, and it but, could, but, or it but, could. This one could. That the one in the mask could be Jay Garrett from, you know, later timeline. Right, or but he's wearing his freaking Flash uniform, so um, right. We, we're pretty sure he's a Flash, and, and yeah. you know, Zoom does collect speedsters. Why yes. this one got special treatment and is not dead and having his speed force sucked from him, we don't know. Right. Um, we'll see. Way it's way interesting. more interesting to me than the Arrow episode was this week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. way sure. way better episode overall. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, except it's, for freaking Geomancer. Geomancer needs to die. Yeah, yeah. But that was like a side. That wasn't even like a, a side quest. It was like a side side. It was an excuse side. to develop Velocity Nine. Was all. Yeah, that was. like honestly, at that point, they could have just got like put Mister Furious in it and just been like, "I'm a guy who gets really angry." Rah, rah. Are, like at that point because it's just <laughs> the little red guy from Inside Out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the ang- you know, yeah, anger. <laughs> so uh, I do want to point out the weird alignment between the different uh, comic book TV series because we have the organization in Arrow Hive, right, and in Legends of Shield we have a character called Hive coming online. Agents of Shield, yes. Yeah. Um, because there are not enough words in the language, apparently, because we're all about uh, hives, hives and hydras, and what was the other? We have the League of Assassins. Right. Um, Hydra. AIM. I was thinking of AIM for the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Which has, has made its appearance in the Iron Man series. Um, yes. Though they don't wear the wacky little uh, yellow helmets collector. with the screen. Yeah. Uh, damn. Burning down the house. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, still, <laughs> I, I keep tuning in. Um, I'm, I'm more of a DC authority and fanboy with each passing week, uh, which is saying a lot because I used to be hardcore Marvel and DC. Well, whatever. Ooh, we were watching, uh, using the History Channel app, we were watching Vikings earlier tonight. Mm-hmm. Every single commercial break, two, count them, two full commercials for Batman v Superman. Wow. Sometimes the same two commercials, one after the other. Wow. Did you hear that they're making a special ticket for it? No. Like a, a, a collectible ticket? A collectible ticket. It's, yeah. it's a metal ticket, and it'll let you in to that movie the whole run. Hmm. 
So as many times so as you, it's you running, you buy this in. collectible ticket and take it to any theater, and they they will honor it wow. as long as they're not sold out. It's like a hundred and something dollars. I they will it was. sell out. Um, yeah, they will. They're, people, they're, people they're will not buy that just, many. Well, they'll buy it just for the collectible value, and then they'll put it on eBay. Yep. Um, but yeah, they have the the marketing campaign is in full throttle. We're less than a month away, and oh, yeah. I'm not excited. <laughs> How are you guys feeling? Eh, I'm, we'll more, see I'm, I'm more okay. curious I mean, we'll see than it. excited. Sure. Yeah. I'm no uh, no you know anticipation or uh, loathing. So yeah. it's oops, it's a movie. I'll go see. I had I did read one article, and it, it may have been very deliberately put out there to assuage the fears of exactly a fan like me that <laughs> they were talking about the the reason that Batman and Superman are fighting which was shown very heavily in the trailer so far to be simply a vendetta between Bruce Wayne and Kal-El and basically Bruce seeing the destruction saying if there's even a 1% chance he could go evil he needs to be made dead right now and apparently that's not the real story. The entire fight is Lex Luthor manipulating those emotions in Bruce and manipulating the events around, encouraging the cult of Superman, which we see the guys in, in pseudo-military garb wearing the Superman arm patches, encouraging you know, the worship of Kal-El, in, encouraging the resentment of and fear of him in this other party to cause them to fight each other. So I just don't see how the Lex they've shown us so far has that much power. And that's the piece I'm missing. Yeah. And that's where I'm really going back to, I hope the manic, crazy version is just his public face and we're going to see a whole other side of the coldly logical, manipulative, puppet master version of Lex that we haven't seen in the trailers. We'll see. They could yeah, totally we'll deliver. I could be, you know, uh, I'm, I hope, I hope that a month and a bit from now I am saying, man, remember when I thought this was going to be a cluster? Ah, oh, what a fun yeah. movie that is. I'm going to go see it again. Going to give them money to, to make sure they make more stuff like this. Go, DC. I didn't think it could be done. You've managed to reverse launch your uh, team-up movie uh, without, you know, I thought you had to put in your, your time like Marvel did, but you totally pulled it off. Good on you. Can't wait for the next one. Give me that collectible team. Part of me really doesn't believe any of that. <laughs> no, me neither. But I hope I'm wrong. I want to be wrong. I want to be surprised. It would be a great movie if it... If what what better thing could an entertainer do for us in this day and age of information overload than to surprise us? Mm -hmm. For sure. That is the best currency for an entertainer anymore. Surprise and wow. Give us something unexpected. I can't... The last thing, the last couple movies, I can only think of two movies where I was totally surprised. And it was back in the era pre-internet, really. I went into the original Stargate movie having seen zero promos and got taken in by a friend and said, oh, we should go see this. And I knew nothing about it. Saw it cold. I also saw The Matrix cold. I knew nothing about it going into it. Had missed all the promotional materials and saw that one completely cold. I miss that kind of movie-going experience. But there's some movies that I've seen since then that even though I have seen promotional material... They still, got, they they still surprised you. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I think because they... They pulled the bait and switch on you on those on those materials. And they, 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 they can pull that game of deliberately misleading you in the trailers. Mm 
Exactly. Um, or trying to, looking at you, uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. It's yeah, not con. It's not con. It's totally con. It's totally con. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm hoping to come away with the, that was awesome. I was so surprised. And, and the, the cave troll, oh, I, 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 my fears were totally unfounded. And Doomsday was, was, was the pinnacle of, of, of villain entertainment. No, I, I totally I don't believe any of that. <laughs> but I want to be wrong. So please, God, let me be wrong. Yep. And on that bombshell, it is time to end. So thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you to all the volunteers that submit ideas to our subreddit, alphageekradio.reddit.com. We appreciate everything you do. Uh, looking at you, MacBit. Uh, find us on all the social medias, Facebook, Google+, Twitter. Uh, just search for either Casually Hardcore for the show or Alpha Geek Media for the network. On Twitter, we're on there. The show is Hardcore Casuals. The network is Alpha Geek Radio. I am on there as Alpha Geek Media. He is on there as Grail CH. She is on there as Daxa CH. That is D-A-K-S-A, not D-A-X-A, C-H. Send us your emails, the show at alphageekradio.com. That's the show at alphageekradio.com. If you like what we're doing and you want to support the network, please become our patron. Go to patreon.com forward slash alpha geek and send us a buck a month. Whatever strikes your fancy. If you feel you get value from the shows we bring to your ears on the network live and pre-recorded, send a little value back our way. The value for value model as propagated by one Tom Merritt. Hey, one of the hosts on the network. Uh, we're big believers in it and we, uh, we, we need all the support we can get because this shit's expensive. Ah, uh, thank you for spending time with us, and I have been Gnomewise. I have been Dexa. And I've been Grail. And, once again, for the 300-and-something time, yeah, that many, we are out of here. Bye-bye, radio people.